This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. A decision to be made at number one overall in the NFL draft. Did the Bears at all tip their hand yesterday? This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron coming off of a night in the NBA where Max Schroes of the Cleveland Cavaliers had a 59-foot game-winning shot against the Dallas Mavericks. Just insane. Yep. And we've been asking the question today at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, the best way to walk off in any sport, right? Is it the walk-off home run? Is it a Hail Mary? Is it a shot like that? Somebody called earlier and brought up a really interesting one. The 40-foot putt in a master. That's a pretty good one. Or a one. major, excuse me. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, but when does, that never happens. Well, it could. Oh, okay, it could. Well, I mean. I could hit a walk-off home run in the World Series. No, you actually couldn't. I could. No, What? Yeah. But you don't play professional baseball. Pat. I could, though. But okay, like, so then go do it. What's better, playing professional baseball or producing? Because if you can play professional baseball, you might as well go do it. But like you, the, <laughs> you never see a forty foot putt to win a major. That or doesn't a happen. Putt, a putt, then take the forty feet out. A putt to win a major. How about that? Is that okay? That barely happens. All right, I don't know what to tell you there. Yeah, I don't know where he's going with that. But here's the other <laughs> they one. They don't happen. What do you mean? Like yeah, they're cool, but they don't happen ever. But the hypothetical of a, a walk off putt would be amazing. And that's not impossible. I agree, I agree with that. The other one that, that has actually happened to me, the kick six. I was on the losing end of a kick six. Miracle at the Meadowlands to 2010, Deshaun Jackson from the Philadelphia Eagles. House is a punt return to complete a 21-point comeback. Oh, no. Unbelievable. I mean, so deflating as oh, a player. No. And, and seeing them house it for a touchdown, like, I was crazy. And then I was on the winning side of one in Baltimore – a kick six where we blocked the field goal and then Will Hill, our safety, returned it for a touchdown to win the game. As, oh. as it went to zero? Yeah. That, oh, was, wow. that was in Cleveland. I bet that was At nuts. First Energy Stadium. That was awesome. Yeah. Our very own Rob Lorenzo was probably there at, at the game. At that yeah, time. happy birthday, yeah. Rob. Happy reliving, birthday, Rob. A, reliving a terrible Browns loss. That was awesome. What about, I'm thinking of the moments that I've experienced in my sports life. What about a walk-off tackle to win the Super Bowl? Like the Rams and the Titans. Mike Jones, Mike the Jones. tackle oh, yeah. on the one-yard line. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Dyson. Yeah, that was pretty good. See, that's that the interesting good. thing. When you flip it and you think about the walk-off defensive play yes. right, or special teams play, like you're saying, a catch over a The Malcolm Butler in the Super the Bowl. Malcolm the Malcolm Butler. Butler. That was now, unbelievable. Okay, now here's the thing. Technically, there was time left after that. So that's like how you look at the – but that we look at that as the walk-off moment for sure. But the defensive one, I don't want to say it's better than the offensive one, but it may be. I mean, when you think about the Malcolm Butler, you think about the Mike Jones, you think about any catch over the fence. Think about you're up 4-3 World Series Game 7, two outs, a guy hits a shot, and you're catching it over the fence. What about a walk-off strikeout like Adam Wainwright, Carlos Beltran, 2006, NLCS? Hold on, i got to take right? a call, guys. I'm going to leave. I mean, that was really? one of the... Really? The, That's what we have to do now? Well, we're talking about, you know, not a walk-off home run, other options. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking about a, a game-winning tackle. What about a game-winning punch-out, strike-out? You should go to Vivid Seats and buy a ticket for the Rams game in St. Louis. This oh, wait. Okay. Why, did you, why did you do that to yeah, oh, no, that's we're, we're going yeah, to go back bad, and forth. He's a bad guy. Pocking big right now. He's that's bad, what's happening with you guy. and I. This is a bad guy. Wow. You know what you just realized? You let this slip. You shared this with us, that really bothers you. Oh, six? 
That More moment, the fact that you had to go so low against oh, me because I, I, I brought up an actual example, yeah. a concrete so example I. to participate in this conversation, and you just had to find what you thought was the lowest possible right thing that you. had no relevance that, that, that's what to dig yeah. at me. Yeah. It, it really showed me that that bothered you. More a than lot. anything else. That was six one. It was triggering for him. Big oh, big time, time. triggering. <laughs> the, more than any other Evan's one. Evan's a sore loser. He is. I have no interest he in is. losing. Why do you do you guys want to lose? Pick front runners all the time. Well, yeah. sports team. This yeah. whole Patriots thing is throwing me off. I don't know what to do here. Uh, best way to walk off in a game because we saw Max Struess do it last night. Fifty nine foot game winner for the Cavaliers over the Mavs last night. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We will get some phone calls in on that coming up, but we do want to play you some of the sound from Ryan Poles. He's the general manager of the Chicago Bears. Met with the media at the combine yesterday and told us when it is he wants to make his decision about the quarterback position. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency, or, or? I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking. Um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Smalls, you brought up the idea about what about the element of this, of Caleb Williams maybe possibly not wanting to play in Chicago. We haven't heard the confirmation from him. Uh, Ryan Poles, the GM, was asked about if he's worried if Caleb Williams would not want to play in Chicago. No, no, no concerns about that at all. I I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if, if Justin were to stay here as well. So Ryan Pauls meets with the media. Seems like a good guy in the way he's handling this stuff. Seems pretty honest and direct with what he's saying without actually tipping his hand too much. But he kind of tipped his hand too much yesterday, right? Yeah, he let me know that this is going to happen soon when it comes to a trade for Justin Fields. And it actually makes sense given the timeline that we saw play out last year when they traded down from the number one overall pick with the Carolina Panthers. That was consummated on March 10th. So right after the combine, I, I, I'd, I'd like to believe that that's probably the direction things are going when you listen to Ryan Poles talk because he said he empathizes where Justin Fields is at with it. He doesn't want him to live in the gray area. He wants to make a decision if he is, in fact, going to take a quarterback number one to trade Justin Fields before the start of free agency. Now, that's not completely altruistic because I think that's the way that the Bears extract maximum value because they can leverage other teams that have vacancies and are looking to upgrade the quarterback position with Justin Fields dangling out there. That way you can get as much as you can in return for Justin Fields. And you're probably going to need that draft capital to continue to build around whatever quarterback that you take with your top pick this year. So to me, he let it be known that the timeline for a Justin Fields deal is going to happen over the next two weeks if it's going to happen at all. Yeah, if we're reading the tea leaves here, it definitely feels like he's letting us into that part of the process that they're trying to get this done with Justin Fields. He talked about the timeline, about doing Justin Fields right in this situation so that he's not living in the gray area. But I also go back to what Mark Silverman said, and we played that sound last hour. You didn't hear Ryan Poles gushing over Justin Fields. You didn't hear any confirmation about how he feels about him as a quarterback. You only talked about the situation that he's in. And I would imagine if they had any inkling that they were going to hang on to them, that might have woven itself into the conversation somehow. You know this question is coming about Justin Fields, and if you elect to answer it and you have an idea that you might want to hang on to him, don't you think that there would be some sort of slip in? We love Justin. He's a great football player. Look at the growth that he's made over the past year in Chicago, two years in Chicago, etc. 
cetera. And we didn't get any of that from him. It was all about the business of moving on from Justin Fields. Well, the reason he's not saying that is because that would be lying. <laughs> I mean, if you just listen to Chris Canty speak, if you listen to Tom Waddle, Sylvie's co-host on ESPN 1000 speak, like, Justin Fields hasn't been great. So Ryan Pohl's saying, hey, we have an amazing situation here. We could have a great quarterback that I didn't draft and Justin Fields come back or Caleb Williams. That's not how he feels, obviously. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we got to be honest. That Ryan Poles' guy is not Justin Fields. Right. That was Ryan Pace. That was the right. former regime, right? So when you start to think about Ryan Poles' job security and all of this, he's going into year three as the general manager. He's had the number one overall pick not once but twice. And you're talking about him making the unpopular decision of staying with Matt Eberflus. He damn well better be right with the head coach-quarterback combination Otherwise, we could be talking about him being on the outs right. next offseason. Like that, that, those are the stakes for, for Ryan Pohl. So when you start to think about it, is there anything that we've seen from Justin Fields that can justify the opportunity cost on passing on Caleb Williams, Drake May, and uh, your boy Jaden Daniels? I, I don't think there is, Smalls. I don't think there is. Think about it. Justin Fields has to be better than all of those guys and has to, you know, basically make the decision to stay with him not look like a, a bad one, particularly after we saw what happened with C.J. Stroud last year. So I just think about how good Justin Fields would have to be for the Chicago Bears in order to justify the commitment that the Bears would be showing him by passing on quarterbacks at the top of not one draft, but two drafts. Yeah, think about the pressure that puts on him. You have to be better than C.J. Stroud, who you're not better than right now. No. And then better than three other guys who are being – drafted at the top of this draft for them to do that. Not once, but twice pass on these prospects and commit and then recommit to Justin Fields. You have to win a Super Bowl. Not to mention the contract that they would have to give Justin Fields if they pass on those guys. And and that's the thing that Ryan Poles brought up yesterday that tips his hand a little bit in terms of which way he might be leaning. When he brought up the contract in the value of having a quarterback on a rookie deal and the flexibility that that gives you when it comes to roster construction, to me, that lets you know where the organization is you know, trying to move toward. Mm-hmm. Because if you stay with Justin Fields and you pass on this crop of quarterbacks, you're talking about committing $45, $50 million a year on a contract extension to Justin Fields. they got to make a decision for his fifth-year option, which is $25 million by May 2nd. Mm-hmm. Anytime teams start to make those type of decisions, they're going to go ahead and extend the quarterback because it only gets more expensive the more they wait with the other quarterbacks getting deals done. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to get a deal done this year. He's going to make $55 million a year. Like That's just that's that's where the quarterback market is. Right. So it's a situation now, if you're Ryan Poles, can you really justify paying Justin Fields that kind of money? And how much better does he have to be relative to those other young quarterbacks that are on controllable contracts that are balling out? I will say I'm more in on Matt Eberflus than I've been previously um, because he wore a hoodie with a jacket yesterday at the Combine. Oh, here we go. I'm just here saying. Here we go. And Mike McDaniel here did as go. well. Here you here have we to wonder whether or not since Unsportsmanlike started, a new trend, a fashion trend has been started with the hoodie and the jacket indoors. I'm, d- I'm just throwing that out there. Eberflus looked good yesterday compared to the way it was previously. Maybe the hoodie and jacket puts him in. Look what's happened for me. Look at this opportunity we have here. And I got the hoodie and jacket. So Mike McDaniel, Matt Eberflus, in on both of them. 888-ESPN is your telephone number to jump in on the best ways to walk off in sports. We'll continue the conversation about the Bears QB. Plus, did the Giants just get involved in a QB conversation as well? We'll find out next. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. 
It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Our best way to walk off in sports. We saw it last night. Max Strews, Cleveland Cavaliers, a 59-footer to walk off over the Dallas Mavericks. The record, I believe, regular or all-time is Devontae Graham's 61-foot walk-off. Um, I want to say for the Hornets, but I could be wrong on that one in terms of the team that he was on when he did it. Matt in Atlantic City watching on ESPN2. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Evan, CC, and Michelle. So I'm going to go, and a lot of people probably won't pick this, I'm going to go a series tied 3-3 in the Stanley Cup final, a game-winning goal to clinch the cup. And that's a testament to how physical the sport is, how passionate the fans are, and there's nothing like seeing a hockey game live. I was in Philly watching the Rangers and Flyers this weekend, absolutely electric. And I want to give my list real quick, my hibachi list. Okay. I'm going to go number one, Molly Karam, number one. Number two, Herman Edwards. And number three, the OG, Chris Berman. Thank you guys very much. That's a good very list. Very nice. That's a good list. It's a good list. That's a good list. Where are we on the walk-off goal in hockey? Oh, I've been a part of one. Not Stanley Cup, Western Conference Final, Blues, Dallas Stars, Pat Maroon, double overtime. It was nuts. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm in on it, too. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm in on it, too. That's a good one. Uh, James in D.C. watching on ESPN2. What's up, James? Young lady, y'all doing a great job. But let me take my seven back over to the football sport. You got to think playoff Super Bowl, pick six. Oh, yeah. Pick six in the game. Al Harris and Matt Hasselbeck. Those two inextricably well, the, uh, linked. We want the ball we're going to score. <laughs> Didn't say he was going to score for the other one. team. CC but that's exactly that what happened. <laughs> that's that funny. was great. That's, that's an that old-timer. That was great. Yeah, Al Harris, good job. Great coach now for the Cowboys, yeah, right? Is, absolutely. Uh, real, he's not a defensive coordinator yet, is he? He should be, though. All he Everybody does is turn him. out all pro defensive yeah. backs. Trevon Diggs and now Deron Bland. I mean, this guy. He can coach. He's a great coach. Uh, Scott in North Carolina listening on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. What's up, Scott? 
Hey, good morning. Yeah, I've got one from the world of Majors Golf. Uh, Larry Mize on the third hole, I believe, of a playoff in the Masters. It's getting dark. He chips up, not just from just off the green, but chips up over a rise uh, on the third hole to win it. So it's not quite a 40-foot putt, but it is a walk-off in Majors Golf. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's even harder. (laughs) It feels like golf may be the most underrated sport to walk off on, is what we're actually learning. Because every time somebody brings up a hypothetical with golf, we all sit back and like, oh, yeah. But that wasn't a hypothetical. Right, right, right. That actually happened. That actually happened. Right, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. But even so, like, I I just think golf is underrated in this. I love tennis. What about a walk-off serve? No. Okay. Nah. Nobody reacted to that. We nah. move on now. Uh, I was trying to get the sport that I love in there uh, in the mix. Um, we move on to the Giants, who may need a quarterback this offseason. Jordan Renan, the uh, ESPN Giants reporter, went on SportsCenter and discussed the possibility of the G-Men drafting a QB. You have Daniel Jones now. Three years, three injuries, right? Two se- pretty serious neck injuries. And then he tore his ACL this year. He's still rehabbing from that. So when you're looking at it from the Giants' perspective, are general manager Joe Shane and coach Brian Dable willing to risk their professional careers with a quarterback with that injury history? The Giants have the number six overall pick and two second rounders. They picked up one in the Leonard Williams trade midseason last year. They can use those to potentially look at quarterback. I've been told multiple, by multiple sources that the Giants, if the situation presents itself correctly, the Giants would be at least seriously willing to look at the quarterback position. Okay, Joe Shane, their general manager at the Combine yesterday, discussed the idea of a QB in the first round. Yeah, it's a good quarterback draft. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not just at the top. There's some guys that are mid-levels that I think will be good number twos. There's some guys that, you know, can be number threes in the draft. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's a solid draft all over. All right, so before we get even further into the current makeup of the team and where their money is going, let's just talk about it from this perspective. The mm. Giants have the sixth pick in the draft. We assume that Chicago, Washington, and New England right now are going to go quarterback. We assume that Arizona obviously is not. The Chargers we know are not. Teams below the Giants that theoretically could trade up. Tennessee could, although I think they'll probably go Will Levis. Atlanta could, right? Um, Denver Denver could. could. The Raiders could. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. Did you notice that New Orleans is meeting with Jaden Daniels? Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, hey, do your due diligence. No problem with that. Part of that is PR, though, right? I mean, LSU. Played at LSU. I thought the same thing. You have to. Hometown guy. I thought the same thing. I think Seattle should try to trade up to get a quarterback potentially at 16 and not play the quarterback right away because Geno can be there for another year. So there are other teams hovering in the draft that could trade up. Giants at six. Let's assume all three QBs that we know atop the draft are off the board. Could you see them going with a QB at six? Yeah. I can absolutely see them doing that. I could also see the Giants getting aggressive and moving up and trying to get into that top three mix. Now, I don't think they're going to get to number one and number two, certainly not with the Washington Commanders, a division rival right there. But the New England Patriots of it all is interesting. Mm -hmm. Does that franchise like the player, the quarterback that will be left on the board after those first two teams go quarterback? That becomes fascinating to me because if they don't, that could be a spot that the New York Giants move into in order to take their future franchise guy. I mean, Daniel Jones coming off of the injury. You know, Joe Shane, their general manager, said that injury history has to factor into their equation at what they're going to do at the quarterback position long term. It's a very team-friendly contract with Daniel Jones. They can move off of him after 2024. I could see the Giants deciding to get aggressive like they did once upon a time in trading for Eli Manning. I, I think they can get aggressive in this quarterback class 
if the right quarterback is on the board at number three and New England doesn't love the prospect. So assuming that it's Jaden Daniels that's still left, do you think that he would be a good fit with the Giants? I think he'd be a great fit for the Giants. I think he'd be a great fit. The skill set, it's it's what you're looking for. He's dynamic. I mean, we've seen what Brian Dable has able, been able to do with quarterbacks that can use their legs. Daniel Jones, before that, Josh Dan- Josh Allen. Of course, Jaden Daniels would be fit, would fit in along those lines. And I just think from an arm talent standpoint, Jaden Daniels brings more to the party uh, from an improvisation standpoint, uh, second reaction plays. I think you like what you're seeing, the, the, the talent, the ceiling for Jaden Daniels, much more than what we've got from Daniel Jones. Walk us through this. A lot now. of Daniels in there. Yeah, a lot of Daniels. Wait, just walk <laughs> us through this now for a second because the, the New England Patriots at three, you could make the argument, are the swing pick with this draft if they're yes. willing to move it. Yes. If they're not, it's four. It's what Arizona does. Are they just going to take Marvin Harrison or the junior? Or are they going to move that pick? Yeah. So if you're the Giants, would you give six and next year's one to move up to three? Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. And if you're New England, would it's you gonna make cost, that move? It would cost more than that. Okay. It would so cost more than that. Am I crazy to think something? And here we go. I may get my head ripped off on this, so I'm warning everybody. Am I crazy to think Daniel Jones has become underrated based on play but overrated based on contract? In other words, if I'm New England and you give me six next year's one and Daniel Jones, I think I'm better than I would have. I mean, like, Daniel Jones is not... An A quarterback. No. But he's not an F. He's just overpaid by a mile. If Daniel Jones was on a three-year, $60 million deal, which is probably what he should be, bottom portion of the starting quarterbacks in the league, that kind of makes sense. Am I nuts to think that maybe Daniel Jones can play a little bit, if not for that contract? Well, he's certainly better than anything that New England has right, right now. Exactly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And then if you like J.J. McCarthy, if you like somebody else at six, you could still draft them at six or take six and move it down even further. A lot of this is going to depend on the evaluation of where the roster is from the front office of the Patriots, right? If they believe that they're closer to winning than the overall record – portrayed last year, then that move for Daniel Jones actually makes sense, especially if it comes along with having a sixth overall pick Mm -hmm. and having a first-round pick next year. You can always get a developmental prospect at the quarterback position because, as Joe Shane said, this is a really deep quarterback class. So you can get a guy in the second round. You can get a guy in the third round that you can bring along slowly Mm -hmm. while allowing Daniel Jones to be your pace car. Now, I mean, again, the top-end talent at the most important position in all the team sports, which is quarterback, is very tantalizing. Like, that's the kind of thing that's intoxicating. It draws you in. And I think all three of the quarterbacks at the top of this year's draft are dynamic. So I, if I were in the general manager's seats for the New England Patriots, I would make the pick with whoever was left on the board. But again, it comes down to your process, who you like, who you don't like. Mm-hmm. I could see a world if – the Patriots don't like the quarterback that's left after the first two teams take quarterbacks that they decide they're going to trade down, and the Giants could be that team that moves up. I keep going back to what you said when you were talking about the Raiders and having a head coach, a GM, having everybody grow together, the quarterback that you're drafting grow together. And I keep going back to that with the Patriots, though. You have a new coach in Gerard Mayo. Why wouldn't you bring in a, a rookie quarterback? Draft the guy that's left out of that crap. If you really have done your evaluations and you think that they're close enough or that this guy, who have, whichever one of those three is left, could be a franchise quarterback and have somebody that you can pair with your new head coach and have them grow together. So here's the incomplete with the Patriots right now. Like you asked the question, in essence, are they a bad team or did they have bad losses last year, right? That's kind of how you look at it moving forward. I think they're way more of bad losses than a bad team last year, but 
I have no idea what Gerard Mayo is. Gerard Mayo may be better than Belichick, which would be insane, but we don't know what he is, right? Or he's a rookie head coach. So to me, I need to provide him every piece of ammo he has to make his team great because he's never done this before. And Gerard Mayo told us at his press conference, they're going to spend spend some money. They're They're going to burn some cash. (laughs) He said they they got the fourth most cap space of anybody in football. They're going to spend some money on making this team better. Right. Because, listen, Robert Kraft has a vested interest in making Gerard Mayo as successful as he can early in this thing, too, because he did move on from the the best coach in the modern era of the NFL. That's a good point. So, I mean, they, they've got to support him every way they can. And to me, if you're going to spend that kind of money in free agency, going the route of a veteran quarterback with a developmental prospect at quarterback might not be the worst thing in the world. Daniel Jones, J.J. McCarthy. Is more exciting maybe than Jaden Daniels or Drake May? Or yeah, no? I mean, you could go Daniel Jones, J.J. McCarthy, Daniel Jones, and Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's something. Bo Nix. There are a lot of options that right. you have. So, I mean, again, if if the quarterback that you love is not there available at three, right. I could see them trading out of and that And that's spot. the key part to of me, it. To, exactly. To me, the draft starts at three. So if they have, just very quickly here, CeCe, I know we're up against it, but if they have one of Mayor Daniels ranked so much higher than the other one, that's when these conversations start. Absolutely. Got it. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. From number five to number one. The best of the best of the best, sir. These are the Chris Canty Power Rankings. All right. So yesterday we had the top five guys that are going to light up the combine. Yes. Now we're going to go in the way back machine and look at the top five no-pad All-Americans. That's guys <laughs> that light up the combine, but, but go bust in the NFL. So we're going to go through the all the all-time bad top five busts, but guys that had great performances in the Underwear Olympics. That would be the scouting combine in Indy. That's actually taking place this week. So we're going to go through that list. And to kick off the list, we're going to go with a guy that's not too old, but everybody's very familiar with. That would be, I'm waiting for the sounder, Number five, Zach Wilson, quarterback for the New York Jets. Now, he was drafted second overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh The hype machine around Zach Wilson was ridiculous. He was essentially a one-year wonder at BYU, and people with a straight face tried to say that Zach Wilson would be better than Trevor Lawrence. Chris Sims, I'm looking at you. Uh, (laughs) The pro day throw across his body across the field was the one that made scouts and fans fawn over him, only to face the reality that this dude is not a starter-level quarterback in the NFL. He has the second-worst QBR of qualified quarterbacks since he was drafted. Only Bryce Young was worse. And what makes matters worse is that there were four all-pro players 
taken right after Zach Wilson in the top 12 of that draft. Those players, Jamar Chase, Panay Sewell, Patrick Sertan, and Micah Parsons. Oh. Yeah. That's bad. And you'll notice that theme. So it's not just taking the player and the guy going bust, but it's who they didn't take the opportunity cost. Keeping this thing pushing, going with number four. Number four. Matt Jones out of Arkansas. Not Mike Jones, Matt Jones. Matt Jones is a lot worse than Mike Jones. Just let's be clear about that. Wide receiver, but he played quarterback at Arkansas. He was the first pick. He was a first-round pick, 21 overall in 2005 by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, of course, he played quarterback at Arkansas but set a record for rushing in the SEC by quarterbacks. 6'6", ran a sub 4'4". I mean, people were enamored with the height, weight, speed of Matt Jones and what he could be as a wide receiver. Yeah, not so much. Matt Jones started only 15 games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 166 catches and 15 touchdowns. In 2009, he got into some off-the-field trouble, and essentially he was bounced from the Jacksonville Jaguars and from the NFL. Now, here's the kicker. Matt Jones, he went off the board board six spots before the Atlanta Falcons took Roddy White, wide receiver, pretty good, and three spots before Aaron Rodgers to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, not Ooh. great by the Jacksonville Jaguars, to say the least. I remember when that happened with Matt Jones, and I was so hoping he'd work out because it was a Belichickian-like pick. Oh, let's take the quarterback make him a wide receiver in the first round. Like, Belichick takes guys, Nate Ebner, great special teams player. Then It was a rugby player. Yep. I love those kinds of things. Not smart. <laughs> Nate Ebner, Olympian too, right? Yeah, Olympian not as well. A, there we yeah. go, Olympian. All right, so here we go. We but got not the, underwear Olympian. We got the top five no-pad All-Americans, guys that light up the combine but go bust in the NFL. Number three on the list. Number three. The New York Jets, they're repeat offenders <laughs> because we got Vernon Golston oh, out of Ohio one. State. He was the sixth overall pick in the 2008 draft, and everybody fell in love with the measurables. The guy was 6'4", 258 pounds, ran a 46740, 35.5-inch vertical leap, and 37 reps of 225 on the bench press. But, but the guy <laughs> couldn't play. He couldn't play. I mean, if you had him in Gold's gym, that would be great. But, I mean, the guy couldn't play. He was out of the league in 2010. Vernon Golston, all-time bust by the New York Jets. Now, the 2008 draft class wasn't the best draft class because you're talking about a lot of guys that are really suspect. I mean, you got the Darren McFadden's and the Glenn Dorsey's, Cedric Ellis, Derek Harvey, and Keith Rivers of the world. But, I mean, listen, that was a bad pick in taking Vernon Golston, especially when you could have had a guy like Calais Campbell on your defensive line if you wanted him. But, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Vernon Golston didn't light up the world. Vernon Golston, (laughs) this is absolutely crazy to think. You're talking about a guy in his career that had no sacks. He started five games, right? No sacks. (laughs) No sacks. For a top ten pick. He's a six overall pick. No sacks. Unreal. How's that even possible? Unreal. And he was a pass rusher. And he's a pass rusher. He's an outside <laughs> linebacker. He's an edge player. No sacks. How's that possible? Could this just be a Jets list? I'm sure you could just do a Jets list. Because I'm thinking of others that may be in one and two, and the Jets were involved. The Jets were involved. In some of these guys. The Jets I don't were, know if we're, the Jets were involved, them. but they're not, they're not on the list anymore. All right. But we're going to keep the list pushing. Okay. I hate that you took away some of the suspense for the list. Keep the How list pushing. Number two. Because you, you eliminated the Jets. Now, oh, stop. People know, people know the Jets aren't going to be on here anymore. All right. 
Number two, Mike Mamula. Boston go. College. I mean, this is the guy that really set combine training on fire. Like, because of the combine that he was able to put together, he shot up the draft board. He ended up being the number seven overall pick for the Philadelphia Eagles in 1995. I mean, he's essentially a cautionary tale about putting too much stock in combine performances. I mean, this guy trained his tail off to get ready for the combine, and it worked off. It paid off for him, not so much for the Eagles. He had a 38-inch vertical leap. He ran a 4.58.40 time, and he had the most bench press reps of any offensive or defensive lineman that year. Those are the numbers that helped convince the Philadelphia Eagles to trade up from 12 to 7 to take Mike Mamula. The crazy thing about this is five picks after the Eagles took him, you're talking about the Warren Sapp being selected by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So oh. the, the Bucks got the pick from the Eagles and got the better player, the Hall of Famer in Warren Sapp. You got the pick and you got Warren Sapp? Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, that is absolutely all-time. I, I was at that draft as a fan, as a 15-year-old or 14-year-old, watching that at, at, in the stands at the Paramount Theater at the Garden at the time. They were going crazy for Warren Sapp. Yeah. Everybody was waiting. When is he going to get picked? When is he going to get picked? And Mike Mamula went ahead of him. All right, but there can only be one. One. Number one. The person checking in as the all-time no-pad All-American, the biggest bust after lighting up the scouting combine, it's Tony Mandrich. Yep. Tony Mandrich. I mean, this is the guy that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and the headline was The Incredible Bulk. Remember that, Evan? I do. Tony Mandris, the incredible bulk. He went second overall to the Green Bay Packers in that draft class. It was unbelievable the things that people were saying about Tony Mandris. I mean, the best offensive lineman prospect ever. He was 6'6", 304 pounds, ran a 4'6", 540, which is moving for a man that size. Uh, I mean, he had, what was it, a 10'3", broad jump, 10'3", inch broad jump. He had 39 reps of 225 on the bench. But the part that makes Tony Mandridge so bad is that even though he clocked a faster 40 time than Emmitt Smith and Jerry Rice, you're talking about a guy that after he got picked second overall, the picks that came off the board, Barry Sanders to the Detroit Lions, Derek Thomas to the Kansas City Chiefs, and Deion Sanders to the Atlanta Falcons. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Not just Hall of Fame. All-time great. All-time great. Yeah. All-time great. Ooh, that one hurts. All-time great. Not arguably. Ooh. Definitively all-time all, all great. great. Like, yeah. GOAT conversation guys. Big time. Like, Derek Thomas had seven sacks in a football game twice. <laughs> I would, you know what? The more you say that, I would argue that two of the three guys after him, literally somebody could say, not everyone, the best ever at their position. If somebody wants to, if Jovante from Detroit and Michigan area wants to say Barry Sanders the best running back ever, we listen. Yeah. If somebody wants to say Deion's the best cornerback ever, which many people do, we listen. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. That was a 1989 draft, by the way, yeah. just to make sure everything. And here's the thing. Derek Thomas was on a GOAT trajectory. Yeah. Derek Thomas was like the next in line after Lawrence Taylor. That was a great run of like, outside it, it ended tragically for Derek Thomas, but he was unbelievable. That was during when Pat Swilling in the mix outside yeah, with the Saints. Yeah, yeah. That was a great – late 80s, early 90s had some yeah, great but, pass but, rushes. But, but there was nobody that was Nobody better than him. Not, not, not prime Derek Thomas. No. Nobody was better than prime Derek Thomas. Yeah, for those no. who don't know Derek Thomas – Basically, what, what we say Micah Parsons in terms of the comparison to Lawrence Taylor, and then we're like, okay, we got to pi- pipe down. Derek Thomas legitimately was compared to, to LT. Yes. Like, legit compared to LT. All right, so the top five no-pad All-Americans from CC: Tony Mandrich, Mike Mamula, Vernon Golston, 
Matt Jones, Zach Wilson. Now, Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? One name that I thought may be on the list, and as always, CC, you know I love the list, was Tim Tebow. Because That's a good one. Even though That's he a good had one. such a decorated college football career, he was a celebrity already in his own right, I remember how people were drooling over his combine performance. He showed off that athleticism that he had. And the Denver Broncos, they took the bait. They fell in love with him. Yeah. Another guy that I thought about putting on this list, Jonathan Sullivan, 2003 draft, sixth overall pick. A lot of people are like, who exactly? Jonathan Sullivan. <laughs> Oregon <laughs> State? Is that where he went? Or where did he even go? Georgia. He went to Georgia? Yeah, Who Jonathan am I thinking Sullivan. of then? Jonathan, that's the point, though, Evan. <laughs> that is the point. Your reaction is the point. That is the point. Now, okay, well, as we get ready for I'm Over It, all I'm going to think about is who was I thinking about when he just said Jonathan Sullivan? We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. But first, I want to tell everybody about True Green. Oh, baby, True Green. You know, for a lot of us in the Northeast here, the weather is actually getting a little bit warmer. People all over the country, West Coast, Florida, South, it's warm. You want your lawn to look great. And if you're ready to elevate your lawn game without breaking the bank, True Green has been the trusted choice for over 2 million homeowners. I'm one of them. They've been to my house many times for over 50 years. Visit TrueGreen.com today and discover the easiest and affordable way to achieve a pro-level lawn guaranteed. Plus, enjoy True Green's verified price matching, ensuring you get the best lawn for the best price. Visit TrueGreen.com and transform your lawn effortlessly. That's TrueGreen.com. Your dream lawn is just around the corner. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. If Pat is normally feisty, I don't know what level of feistiness he's on today, but I'm all fired up. 
Infinity is where I would say with Pat today for He's I'm Over fine. It. And we are on Sportsman Life presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. A quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, Pat, what are you over today? Well, I I referenced it in the open, and it still boggles my mind that the amount of grown men that are bending over backwards to defend court storming, Mike in South Dakota should not be defending court storming that happens in a Duke game. It's so wild to me. You're just letting a mob of people run onto the court for no reason other than they're happy, which is not a good reason to run onto a court at a sporting event, which is basically a professional sporting event at this point. It's insane. Ban court storming. I mean, I agree with you. I've gone as far to say that I think, why is it not considered trespassing? Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm asking the question. Okay, so you can consider it trespassing. You want to arrest the thousands of fans? that No, I didn't say that. Well, how, that's the thing. How do you police it? How do you enforce a policy that says no court storming with teenagers and young 20-somethings that are all souped up because they've been drinking all game long? And who knows what they were doing before the game? Yeah, they're hopped up on Bud Light yeah, and adrenaline. A, they call it pregame and for a reason. That's right. So, I mean, think about it. Are you, are you really going to put all those kids in jail? How are we going to do no, this? I'm not suggesting that. I think there has to be an organized way of doing it. I like the countdown clock that people have come up with. If we can figure out a way of that, escorting the players off of the court and the coaches off the court Agreed. prior. Yeah. And if if you're saying it can't ha- it can't be prevented, then coming up with a safe way of doing it is the way in which it should be done. I'm with Pat though. I don't think it's like a thing that has to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how we change that culturally, but... I, I the, mean, but, like, every sport has had court storming banned and stopped doing it, except for college basketball for some and college football, college I guess. College football. But, like, well, you see the it's thing, so I'm easy to stop. College, college. With young kids. Who cares? Just, you don't have to let them on the field. You know just, put security out there. Somebody actually brought this up to me yesterday when I was talking about it. You ever notice how none of the players on the home team get hurt? Like, nobody on the home team gets hurt. Like, like, this, like the visiting players and the home team players, they're all on the court at the same time. That's... The court storming doesn't yeah, hurt Kenzie, the home come team on. players. I'm just, no, I'm just, no, no, I'm that's just, ridiculous. I'm just, Use I'm just, logic. How is it ridiculous? Use logic. Yeah. How, how is the, it ridiculous? The opposing fans are going to go after the opposing team. They're of course going, they so, are. So you thought what the you... fan was going after Kyle Filipowski? Uh, wait, wait for us. He was going after him? He was a heat-seeking missile targeting Filipowski? Is that what you said We've you seen saw? it happen is before. What, no, hold on. Is that what you saw? We've seen it happen before. No, we've seen it happen before, but we're talking about this instance that happened over the weekend. Is that what you're saying? Because the film didn't show me that. The, the the video didn't say that to me. I'm just saying. I just I'm just wondering in the in the interest of player safety and court storming, we never worry about the home team players. We never hurry about them getting hurt, getting hurt. If it's such a safety concern, player safety being at the forefront, shouldn't it be for all players on the court? Yeah, well, it should be. I also think that. Unfortunately, this is one of these things where somebody's going to, God forbid, get really hurt, and then we're going to change it, and not change it before someone, God forbid, gets really hurt. That's just my gut on this. Okay. Pat, next one. (sighs) Michelle's with me on this one. Walk-off home runs are so much better than Hail Marys, and this is just insane to me that you guys think that Hail Marys could even come close to it. I mean, I don't even think Hail Marys are two. Like, uh, the, the jumper in the NBA or college basketball is so much better, like, the walk-off home run is the most exciting thing that can happen in sports, I think. Well, okay, hold on a second. We've got to put some context behind this, and this is all stemming from the um, Max Schrutz game winner last night for the Cavs, a 59-foot awesome. game winner against the, um, against the Mavericks. And no court storming. Right, so... No court storming, Pat, <laughs> oddly enough. Pat specifically weird, weird. said that 
home runs, walk-off home run over Hail Mary. And one of the reasons he used is that we never see the Hail Mary. That's what triggered me in this conversation because I actually agree with you. I think the walk-off's amazing. But when you're doing it based on rarity and scarcity as an argument for you against the Hail Mary, it makes no sense to me. Because if CeCe's going to argue the Hail Mary, the obvious next line in the argument is it never happens. So when it does, it stands out. No, because when we see something a lot, it's exciting when it happens. When we don't see something, it's less exciting because we're like, oh, that happened that one time. Remember 30 years ago when Cordell Stewart threw a Hail Mary? That was exciting 30 years ago. Like, it just doesn't happen enough. So, so you're excited that NBA players score 70 points every other night. You're excited by that because it happens more often now. I mean, it's pretty exciting. Is it? It's pretty fun. Is it? I'm an NBA guy. I don't it's, think it's pretty fun. No, yeah, I, don't, I feel like it's all. commonplace now. No, I mean, if you need to do it for your team to win a big game and guys are hurt, whatever it may be, but like, no, it's too much. But De- Devin Booker scoring seventy in a loss. A few don't years get back. me started. Yeah, on that. Just, we don't have enough time. Just, <laughs> I, I, I made. It's taken me a lot to change my mind back to like being a normal person and evaluating Devin Booker. But I like wrote him off as a player after. Yeah. That. I'm like, you're gonna celebrate. 70 and a loss with, like, champagne in the locker room? Yeah. I could not believe that. Carl Anthony Towns scoring 60 and a loss. Oh, my God. Well, and the coach, Chris Finch, hated it. He's like, we were just seeking shots for this guy instead of trying but to apparently win. Apparently, Pat loves that, though. Well, I also think, like, there are some other moments in walk Like, the J- James White, who are a great guy, uh, Patriots walk off overtime against the Falcons 28-3. The circumstantial walk-offs of, like, oh, my God, this happened, and now you got to that. They had a big comeback, whatever it may be. Um you know, that's the kind of thing that is amazing. Also, I I think that the Hail Mary cannot just be eliminated, yeah. even if you want to take the walk-off home run over it. It's third. Michelle, please tell these people. Yeah, the, if, we're, if all situations are the same, meaning that it is a game of consequence, a Super Bowl, a World Series, a Stanley yes. Cup final, etc., mm-hmm. I still think a walk-off home run has the most drama attached to, to it out of all of these other finishing scenarios. Yeah, but here's the thing, and we talked about this before. The walk-off home run, there is a level of skill that's involved in it. Yeah. There is no skill in the walk-off Hail Mary. There Which, is no skill. That is all luck. But that's why I that think that the walk-off home luck. run is more intriguing and more dramatic. Because it does can have skill. Can I beat you? Can You're going to throw your best at me, and I'm going to try to hit the ball. It's 1v1 elite skill going against one another, where the Hail Mary, as you said, it's just kind of luck. Yeah, but that's the part I think is make it, makes it more magical. The, part, the fact that luck plays its part in that whole instance, in the outcome of the game. You know what I mean? So I guess... That's what makes the, the, the walk-off Hail Mary so fascinating is just because we don't see them that often. That's, that's number one. But number two, this is a play of luck. Like the ball gets tipped in the air, bounces your way, and your guy comes down with it. Mm-hmm. It is fortuitous in a lot of instances. Sure. Any other one quickly, Pat? Yeah, the human body's terrifying, and I don't understand it. And when you think about it for more than 10 seconds, your whole body should implode. The nervous system, organs, I don't understand. They're not real. It's a mess. Are you okay? What, no. What the human body? I'm all fired up. Why? The human body is amazing. Are you, uh, Nuno said Barry Sanders is better than Emmett Smith, and that's stupid. Barry Sanders literally did not have a year where he didn't make it. Emmett Smith is the GOAT. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.